Achieving a gorgeous grin from home isn't a total mystery with Byteclear aligners. Just don't be surprised if all of your sleuthing friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Byteclear aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at That's Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. I'm Dr. Gina, and this is Primetime. There's some great news today on the vaccine front. As you know, not a fan of forced pretty much anything or any pressure at all being put on anyone to receive a vaccine, especially not an experimental one, but... We know there is an increased risk of death for older Americans who contract COVID. So now 75% of all senior citizens across the country have received the vaccine. This is a big deal, and it means we can start moving safely back to normal. Younger Americans have little to no risk of dying of COVID. So as the country opens up, we are naturally going to see younger Americans get the virus. That's what happens when people are around other people. But even as younger Americans are getting the virus, the death rate is dropping lower and lower. And now that 75% of seniors are vaccinated, we don't have to worry as much about transmitting it to the more vulnerable. So Operation Warp Speed has gone precisely as planned. But breaks. Hold on, everybody. The Biden administration is moving the goalposts yet again, because now that the COVID positivity rate is going up among young Americans, even though they aren't dying, that means the apocalypse is coming. They can't let this crisis go to waste any more than they let any other crises go to waste. And the CDC director got a little dramatic when she said this. I'm going to pause here. I'm going to lose the script and I'm gonna reflect on the recurring feeling I have of impending doom. We have so much to look forward to, so much promise and potential of where we are, and so much reason for hope, but right now I'm scared. Um, I know what it's like as a physician to stand in that patient room, gowned, gloved, masked, shielded, and to be the last person to touch someone else's loved one because their loved one couldn't be there. And that led Biden to come out and say that Republican governors need to make people wear masks again. Listen. I'm reiterating my call for every governor, mayor, and local leader to maintain and reinstate the mask mandate. Please, this is not politics. Reinstate the mandate if you let it down. And business should require masks as well. The failure to take this virus seriously Precisely what got us in this mess in the first place. Risk more cases, more deaths, deaths. Look, as I do my part to accelerate the vaccine distribution and vaccinations, I need the American people to do their part as well. Mask up, mask up. It's a patriotic duty. It's the only way we ever get back to normal. To cheer together in stadiums full of fans to gather together on holidays again safely, go to graduations, weddings. We're going to need subtitles if he keeps slurring like that. But anyway, Florida Governor Ron DeSantis said, uh-uh, no way. 
And he went on to say that COVID passports would not be a thing in this state. Watch. You want the fox to guard the hen house? I mean, give me a break. I think this is something that has huge privacy implications. It is not necessary to do. You know, we're going to have hit three and a half million seniors that have gotten shots uh, uh, sometime this week, likely 75% of seniors. It's important to be able to do it. But at the same time, uh, we are not going to have you provide proof of this just to be able to live your life normally. And I'm going to be taking some action in, in an executive function, emergency function here very shortly. Exactly why those of us who live in Florida love living here. More on all this coming up later on the show. But first, let's head out to America to our hosts and correspondents on the ground. First to Jessica Rivera. Jessica, great to see you. Good to see you too, Dr. Gina. Today, my story, I have to warn you, is going to sound like a child is responsible for the following decision making. But believe it or not, even a child could see the wrong in this and would know better. Uh, we know that Democrat and liberal cities around the nation have pushed to either defund their police or get rid of them entirely. Three of our nation's largest cities, New York, Los Angeles, and Chicago, have all been successful in defunding their police departments over the past year. But recent reports are showing these cities, among many others, have seen a surge in crime and citizens are having to wait longer for help. Yet New York City has proceeded to go even further and get rid of what is known as qualified immunity for police officers. They're actually the first state in America to do so. But what does it mean? In a New York City, if a New York City police officer does his or, his or her job correctly and a criminal wants to sue them, they can, as ridiculous as that lawsuit may sound. And contrary to Democrat and liberal lies, qualified immunity does not mean an officer can just do whatever they want with no repercussions. But while New York City continues to dig a deeper grave for their law-abiding citizens, the city of Los Angeles has gone the complete opposite direction. I would like to believe it's because they're realizing the error of their ways. Los Angeles County voted 12 to zero to raise their police funding by $36 million. This vote even included a yes from Los Angeles Mayor Eric Garcetti, who less than a year ago was a major pusher of defunding his own police force. So, Dr. Gina, after my research today, the first thing that came to mind is somewhere I clearly have missed something or some details. But no, I have gone through it. It is right. So now not only are New York City and Los Angeles on opposite sides of the country, they're now on complete opposite sides of the spectrum when it comes to protecting their own law-abiding citizens. And I never thought I would say this, but I am praying more defund the police cities will follow Los Angeles in this effort. All right. Thank you so much, Jessica. We appreciate it. You're now out to Washington, D.C. to the host of Just the News AM, Sophie Mann in Washington, D.C. Hey, Dr. G, it's Tuesday. You know what that means. There's a Cuomo update for you. So yesterday, Monday, a ninth woman came out uh, to tell the world that she, too, is accusing New York Governor Andrew Cuomo of sexual misconduct. A woman named Sherry Ville, who's a 55-year-old married mother of three, held a press conference with her powerhouse attorney, Gloria Allred, who you might have heard of, um, to talk about this incident between her and Governor Cuomo, for which she also provided photographic evidence. He was touring her house after a flood in 2017 when he forcefully kissed her on both cheeks. She said that she was really surprised by the actions. It led her, uh, it, it led her to feel sort of embarrassed, confused, 
Uh, Cuomo said he gave her the classic line of, we're Italians, it's what we do. But uh, Ville actually said that she too is Italian. And in her family, family members kiss other family members. Strangers do not kiss family members, which is exactly what the governor did. The governor also reportedly told her, you're so beautiful when he left the house. So this is just another instance, as I said, a ninth instance of uh, Governor Cuomo behaving inappropriately toward women particularly in work environments. Uh, the governor, of course, denies the accusations, as he always does, and today, or yesterday rather, announced that beginning today, New Yorkers aged 30 and above will be able to get coronavirus vaccinations, which is, of course, great news, but is it sort of a little bit of a ploy on his end to distract from the media blitz that is the result of this woman's accusations? We'll let you decide. Thanks so much, Sophie. And now out to Ben Burkwam, who's been down on our southern border. I'm heading back home, uh, gonna take a couple days and then be back out on the road. But uh, we were out yesterday and uh, had got some exclusive footage. This is gonna blow your mind if you haven't seen it, the world hasn't seen it yet. Uh, connecting the dots between these leftist organizations and the cartels in Mexico. We were, I was down there with Tim Foley of Arizona Border Recon uh, just outside of a little town called Aravaca in the Arizona desert in the mountains there. Uh, this is where the cartels traffic their drugs. So as we see all of this activity in McAllen and Brownsville and uh, Del, uh, Del Rio and these cities across the, the border uh, with the migrants coming across uh, requesting asylum, what that is is a distraction so th the cartels can do this. Outside of a little town called Aravaca on this dirt road, Ruby Road, uh, and just want to show you what I just drove up on. This is right off the side. These are the clothes that the drug smugglers wear. They are camouflage. You got some shirts, some sweaters, Pedialyte they use, blanket to cover up. Their water bottles. wrapped in some more of the camouflage. Their socks. And then they wait right here. The car comes to pick them up and they head in with their drugs to America. Hilltop right there. That's where I got the video of the uh, three cartel scouts with AK-47 sitting on top. We watched them for eight hours. It went off the backside. But come up over here. Oh, now the water's dropping. So this is right there, cartel's control. Is this Sinaloa? Who's the cartel here? Yeah, Sinaloa. So Sinaloa cartel. And right here, right where the cartel traffic is, these leftists that are now running our government, organizations, they're appeasing are out here paying feeding and watering the cartel drug mules so they're po they're putting the water where the the cartel scout outposts are mm -hmm. basically they have maps so the people that drop the water put that on there mm -hmm. the crazy thing here dr gina is those 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 locations and we were at those actually the trail cams you can see by uh, arizona border recon uh, out there showing the drug smugglers and then showing these leftists from this one of the groups is called nomoredeaths.org they're working in america and on the mexico side we've actually found 
Uh, they're at the same location. So where they're putting the water is in the exact same locations where the cartels are pushing their drugs. And these guys are actually using the, the water. We have video of the cartel scouts who are positioned on tops of the mountains coming down and using the supplies that these people are providing for them. Not only that, we found individuals that were trafficked across that had maps with the locations of the water drops of where to go as they came across. This is one of the stories that is not being told and it needs to be told. The organizations within America that are working to undermine American sovereignty. And the question that I have is how intimately uh, connected are they to the cartels? Is it just by chance that they happen to put these water drops out in the exact locations where the cartels are pushing their drugs through and the, and the people that are using them are drug smugglers? Uh, I don't think so. And what we're hearing from Border Patrol, they've gone in and raided some of their camps, these leftist organizing camps. They find illegal aliens in them almost every single time they go in. And Border Patrol told us last time that they raided the camp. They found out, out of the 18 that they uh, arrested, 10 of them had criminal records of the illegal aliens that were there. This is direct aiding and abetting, and America needs to see it. that are aiding and abetting? Do we know who's funding them? I know, uh, so multiple different groups. There's, there's some so-called churches down there. There's one called Good Shepherd uh, that I went and tried to confront. They send out some of the uh, retirees from the church with uh, in vehicles to take them down. In fact, last time I was down there, I followed the vehicle out into the desert. They had uh, four people in it, and they went an hour and a half out into the desert to retrieve a cell phone that had been tied to a tree. Uh, we also know that Tucson itself, the city of Tucson, gives the organization no more deaths. As far as I've been told, $25,000 a year to help with this. So it's, there are government agencies involved with this. A lot of it is coming from other nonprofits and individuals that are supporting it. Uh, ultimately, though, there are multiple groups and similar to what we see in San Diego and Tijuana with groups like El Otrolado, uh, they, these are American organizations that are working both in Mexico and America to undermine our sovereignty. It's, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's one of those things that you look at and you say, how is this not criminal? And I think that the answer is clearly it is and it should be prosecuted. Unfortunately, under this regime, I, don't, I doubt that's going to happen. Yeah, definitely, probably not. But I, I, I'm guessing there must be some sort of kickbacks in it for these groups. And then these groups must take those kickbacks and work politically. Because I can't think what the other motivation would be. Uh, surely no one in their right mind would want the drugs, you know, killing our kids in America. I mean, no matter how evil you are, I don't know that that's what your motive would be. So it must be that they want the money and then the money they use to fund leftist politicians and leftist organizations, etc. Yeah, it's uh, it's all connected. That's the bottom line on all of this. All of these, you know, w whether we see w what's going on on the border or the radical environmentalists that shut down industries in America, yet ignore the raw sewage that's coming in from Mexico. All of this is connected. The politicians that are pushing for open borders, they're connected with these organizations. And the, the injustice system that we have now, many of these activist judges that are protecting these organizations and people, they're connected. What it appears to be in most cases is uh, votes in power. You know, they, they see this as a new voting block everybody that's coming through and the drugs and the human trafficking and the slavery is just a, uh, you know, a, a nuisance that they're trying to ignore. The question I have is how many of them have been corrupted directly by the cartels? Because 
Every single one of these, any communication that is made to the people when they're in Mexico that are coming across illegally, that has to go through the cartels. The cartels control all of that. And at some point, uh, you know, it begs the question, is there direct communication between the cartels and these organizations? That's one of the things that I'm going to be investigating. We're going to be investigating going forward. But zero question about it. What they are doing is directly aiding and abetting cartel drug activity and human trafficking into this country. Oh, well, thank you, Ben. You sure do bring us the news that we're not going to get anyplace else. Appreciate you. Stay safe. Thanks, Dr. G. Coming up, the former CEO of Hardee's and Carl's Jr. says that Biden is uh, wrecking the economy. You're not going to want to miss his advice to you and your family for this economy and what's to come. Andy Putzer, up next, right here on Dr. Gina Primetime. Stay with us. Delve into the shadows of the mind with Sleeping Dogs, a gripping murder mystery starring Academy Award winner Russell Crowe. Now available on digital. Crow portrays an ex-homicide detective, unraveling a brutal murder he can't recall. Uncovering secrets from his past, he learns a chilling truth. It's best to let sleeping dogs lie. Visit sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery to watch Sleeping Dogs, now on digital. That's sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery. And welcome back to Dr. Gina Primetime. I'm still very upset about the story of the death of this nine-year-old girl who was trying to cross the Rio Grande at Joe Biden's invitation and, uh, you know, to get into the United States because of the invitation that had been sent really from this administration out across the world. And make no mistake, that is the message that has been sunk to the rest of the world. And over just the news, they're reporting that Border Patrol agents are encountering convicted sex offenders who are making their way across the, our southern border. And if you know that any of this had been happening during the Trump administration, had it been happening, the mainstream news media would be all over this. But we are told by our friends on the left that immigration in all forms, legal and illegal, is good for America and good for American business. Let's get the former CEO of CKE restaurants, Andy Pudzer, to talk about this. Andy, welcome to the show. Good to have you. Oh, thanks, Dr. Gina. Good to be here. Is there any way that this immigration surge is good for America or for American business or for the American economy in the long run? Uh, really, there is no way that it's good for America. Look, it's, it's a humanitarian crisis, obviously. This is terrible for the people that feel so desperate that they have to risk their lives and their children's lives to come across the border. But it, it's, it's putting an influx of workers into the United States at the very time we've got 10 million people unemployed and another 7 million people that aren't considered unemployed, they're out of the labor force, but they want a job now. So that's, we're looking to small businesses to create, you know, over 17 million jobs before this influx of immigrants. And it's, uh, if you wanna know what kind of an impact that has on wages uh, and uh, and job potential. Take a look at the the Trump administration. He reduced uh, he reduced illegal immigration. He lowered taxes, reduced regulations, and focused on domestic energy production. And we went into the pandemic with 24 months where we had more job openings than people unemployed, and in most months more than a million more job openings than people unemployed. And we also had 20 20 straight months of three percent plus wage growth, which during the Obama administration we never had a single month 
where the number of job open, openings exceed, exceeded people unemployed. And we never had a single month where we had 3% plus wage growth. So this, this, is not, this is not good for American workers. No, it certainly isn't. And the president will be on this show on Thursday, and I can't wait to ask him some of these same questions. But, Andy, the Media Research Center made a compilation uh, of uh, clips that switch back and forth, showing the difference between the media's reporting of border stories under President Trump and under Biden. Listen. Well, the images suggest those of concentration camps. The Statue of Liberty, I think, is weeping right now. There's no denying that this is an incredibly complex humanitarian issue that's, of course, made even more difficult by the fact that we're dealing with this in the midst of a pandemic. He will be forever remembered as the president who traumatized little children. A lot of these children are part of a problem that the Biden administration inherited from the Trump administration. The system is broken inside of the country. Increasingly, Donald Trump is turning this nation into Nazi Germany and turning these into concentration camps. I call this a concentration camp for kids. Obviously, this is a problem that the Biden administration inherited from the Trump administration. <laughs> There's another well, minute of this, Andy, but you can't you can't watch anymore. Uh, the media, though, they've definitely picked a side on this issue and painted a picture that just isn't reality, have they? No, they're, they're, look, the, the mainstream media has no more credibility, absolutely zero. And that last comment was, was that's what I was laughing at, where she said, this yeah. problem is a problem from the Trump presidency. You know, we're now supposed to believe, you wonder how stupid these mainstream media people think we are. We're supposed to believe that there's a crisis at the border because the president who actually stopped illegal, illegal immigration was building a wall, got it under control, left office, and a president who invited illegal immigrants in took office, and we're supposed to believe that the problem with them coming in is due to the president that stopped illegal immigration. It's like the, it's like their coverage of the vaccine. You know, President Trump said last fall that we would have enough vaccine for everybody to be, uh, to be uh, vaccinated by uh, April, by the end of April. Well, President Biden came out and said that yesterday, taking credit for it. He said, we're going to have enough vaccine so everybody can get vaccinated who wants to by the end of April. And it's it, now we're supposed to believe that the reason that we've got these vaccines, the reason that we're we're beginning to get people uh, vaccinated is is because of Biden, which, which is absurd. I I got my vaccine two days after he took office. I mean, it clearly wasn't his, you know, the, the media is covering these, these issues in such a biased way that it's hard for me to believe that even people who, who want to believe that Joe Biden is all the things the media claims he is, it's hard for me to believe even they can trust the media on these issues. <laughs> yeah, great point. <laughs> you know, and I guess we, we look at all the things that Joe Biden is doing, and I think the main thing that the American people wonder is how, were the, how will, will their families survive um, in what is happening in uh, Joe Biden, Kamala Harris, whoever's going to end up being president at the end of this, I think is up for debate, um, you know, in, in this administration with the economic impact of all of this crazy spending and this crazy influx of illegal immigration and all of the rest of the things, even if you don't consider the national security issues, just the economic issues, uh, how will families make it through this? Well, it's really, it's really very bad. You know, think about the message that the Biden administration is sending to small businesses. Now, small businesses got decimated during the pandemic, but they're the ones, they created 64% of the jobs coming out of the last recession. They're going to need to create a higher percentage of jobs coming out of this 
uh, recession because they've been hurt so much. And what are we telling them? Well, we're telling them we're going to increase your labor costs with a $15 minimum wage. We're going to put a union in your shop with the PRO Act. Uh, even small businesses, we're going to put a union in your shop. Uh, we're going to raise your energy costs uh, with the uh, with our war on carbon fuel. So you pay more for transportation, you pay more for heating, more for cooling. We're going to we're then going to regulate the heck out of you because we have to do all these green new deal things, and we're going to raise your taxes. So the message is, you know, we're going to raise your labor costs, raise your energy costs, put a union in your shop, overregulate you, overtax you. Now go out and create a bunch of jobs. And it, the idea that they're going to do that is ridiculous. And on top of that, we're now saying and we're going to put a lot of uh, people who are here illegally into the system who will work very cheaply to compete with uh, with our workers for jobs. It's a it's a very bad situation. All the all the President Biden has to do is just what President Trump did: put an end to illegal immigration, do not raise taxes, decrease regulation, and focus on domestic energy. And we'll have another banner year like we had in 2019, strongest labor labor market in my lifetime. But instead, Andy. Biden is set to announce tomorrow his big new $3 trillion uh, tax hike. And it's all going to supposedly pay for infrastructure spending. And Andy, I remember the shovel-ready jobs. You remember that in the Obama administration yep. that were promised. Uh, but those never panned out, did they? And so how is this going to help? Well, it's not going to help. And one thing it's going to do is all of this government spending can't help but spur very significant inflation. If you think about it, all, there's so much pent-up demand right now. People have a lot of money. They've been getting money since the pandemic hit from the government. The savings rates are very, very high. We all want to go out and spend. We want to travel. We want to go to restaurants. We want a new car. We want new clothes. We want to go out and spend and enjoy life again. At the same time, the pandemic has really hurt supply chains. Uh, even with cars, they've not got problems with chips. We're not getting the kind of production that we got prior to the pandemic. So if you've got very excessive demand and very little supply because you can't you can't produce all these goods and services that people want, what happens is prices go up. And even Larry Summers, who was uh, was the Secretary of Treasury under uh, President Clinton and uh, the National Economic Council for President Obama, came out a couple of weeks ago in the Washington Post and said we're going to see inflation like we haven't seen in generations. And he's right. And you know who gets hurt when inflation goes up? That means the, the Fed will raise interest rates to get it under control. People that have liquidity can invest their money in, in bonds and in interest-bearing instruments, and they'll be fine. But American workers, people that, you know, that, are, that are employed in low-wage jobs or even middle America that doesn't have the money to invest in these high interest rate uh, instruments, they're going to suffer because the price of everything is going to go up, and it's going to be, a, it's going to be an unnecessary economic crisis that's being generated by uh, Biden and Harris's policies. So, so what's your best advice? I mean, we don't want to be fatalistic here, but should people be saving their money? Should people be uh, holding off on buying new cars, new houses? I mean, you really don't know how to advise people, but people really are in a panic. And I'll hear radio talk show hosts, you know, prepper types say, you know, really take really extreme measures. Uh, but then part of me also wants to say, no, let's keep this economy, you know, churning. Let's keep it churning. And I never want to say hold off on purchases and things like that. But for middle America, what do they do, Andy? Well, they're, they're between a rock and a hard place because, it, you know, if you, if you spend your money, you're not going to go into the next crisis with any cash. 
And if you don't spend it, if you hold on to it, it, the value of the money you hold on to decreases because inflation decreases the value of the dollar. So uh, American workers and uh, American uh, middle-class families are in a real crisis with this president. I, look, he needs to change. The only way to avoid uh, the oncoming economic problems is to go to the go to the, the economic policies that were so successful under President Trump in reducing poverty, in reducing income inequality, in raising median family income. You know, all all of that hit records in uh, 2019. We need to go back to those policies and get away from these socialist policies. Look. Big government, if government could spend us out of a crisis, if government spending could create jobs to employ the 17 million people that are looking, plus all of these uh, people that will be in the country illegally, you know, the Soviet Union wouldn't be the former Soviet Union. It would be a very powerful country. Uh, Cuba wouldn't be living in uh, in misery and, and destitute. They would be thriving. And Venezuela, which was once the most prosperous country in South America, wouldn't have had like 800% inflation last year and empty grocery shelves. This kind, these policies just don't work. And whether people think Joe Biden is a good guy or a bad guy, whether they think he's competent or incompetent, these are bad policies and they'll be bad for American workers. I guess it depends on what you believe Joe Biden and this administration's end game is because if they don't uh, care about this economy, uh, if they don't care about moving America forward and creating a good economy, then we have a real big problem, uh, which I think many believe we do. Andy Putzer, thank you so much for being with us. Well, thanks, Dr. Gina. Pleasure to be here. Coming up, as the country is opening back up, Biden says it's time to go back to forcing people to mask up. And the CDC director says she sees impending doom. We're going to debunk all of that with our next guest. Stay where you are. More Dr. Gina Primetime. Stick around. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. Welcome back to Dr. Gina Primetime. Just when you thought that life was about to get back to normal, Biden moves the goalposts because this is what they do. They can't let a crisis go to waste. He says it's time to put your masks back on. Listen. I'm reiterating my call for every governor, mayor, and local leader to maintain and reinstate the mask mandate. Please, this is not politics. Reinstate the mandate if you let it down. And business should require masks as well. The failure to take this virus seriously, precisely what got us in this mess in the first place, risks more cases and more desks, deaths. Look, as I do my part to accelerate the vaccine distribution and vaccinations, I need the American people to do their part as well. Mask up. Mask up. It's a patriotic duty. It's the only way we ever get back to normal. To cheer together in stadiums full of fans. To gather together on holidays again safely. Go to graduations, weddings. You know, I have an idea. Maybe Biden can call this new push for mask wearing 15 days to slow the spread. 
Isn't that a great idea? Anyway, the COVID death rate continues to be on the decline, but in some parts of the country, there has been a small uptick in COVID cases, which is actually fine because there are two ways to achieve immunity. You can get the vaccine or you can get COVID and recover, which is what tens of millions of Americans like me have had to go through. Here with me now to discuss RIV contributor, Dr. Tom Borelli. Tom, great to see you. Great to be back with you, Dr. Gina. Tom, Biden says that red state governors need to force everyone to put their masks back on, but mask mandates didn't work to begin with. After a year, we can see that the states that forced masks actually had higher COVID rates than places that didn't force masks. But maybe he just doesn't pay attention to the science, Tom. Dr. Gina, what we know about Democrats, they have the overarching philosophy of control and issuing mask mandates and lockdowns, that's all about control. It's something easy that they can do. And as we've seen, they don't suffer any of those consequences because a lot of them still go out to restaurants and enjoy life while the rest of us gets locked down. But your earlier point I think is most telling is that I believe, and there's Dr. McCary, who's written a couple of pieces in the Wall Street Journal, that we're really approaching herd immunity. He recently published in a journal piece that something like 45% of LA residents in Los Angeles had antibodies to the COVID virus. And I think 35% in all of California. He wrote an earlier piece predicting that we'd reach herd immunity by about April. So this little uptick, hopefully that's all it is, a little uptick. But as you said, the way you combat this virus is through herd immunity, through both natural uh, infection rates and hopefully and mostly recovered as we know or vaccinations and the vaccinations we have because of former President Trump and Operation Warp Speed. Exactly Tom there is a small uptick in COVID cases right now but importantly much more importantly not in COVID deaths. These are just positive COVID tests. So that caused the CDC director to say this. Now is one of those times when I have to share the truth and I have to hope and trust you will listen. I'm going to pause here. I'm going to lose the script and I'm going to reflect on the recurring feeling I have of impending doom. We have so much to look forward to, so much promise and potential of where we are and so much reason for hope. But right now I'm scared. Impending doom. Wow. And I love how she says, so I'm going to pause here with my prepared remarks. And then she continues reading her prepared remarks. <laughs> well, she's just straight up lying to us then what's to make us believe that she's telling the truth now. But the really important thing is, you know, she's going off of her credential that she's a doctor. But, you know, I, I, I watched this series uh, or this uh, long explanation today. Um, folks can find it. I'm posting it on my social media. But um, they explain that doctors don't actually know a lot about how um, the professionals who actually come in and make operating rooms safe for them when they're wearing masks all day, how those rooms are made safe. There are actually health experts who come in and they actually just infuse that room with tons and tons of oxygen. And then they also set other safety standards like um, making sure that they change their masks ever so often and that uh, certain concentrations of different kinds of uh, air are blown through the room and, and certain circulation 
immigration um, you know, statistics that are happening all the time. It's, it's amazing all the things that happen when you are wearing a mask for a surgery. And that, by the way, is a surgery for where you're breathing directly into water droplets, directly into an open wound. Very different. Nobody's saying that if it makes you feel better to wear a mask, even though Let's not forget that the Surgeon General of this country and Fauci himself and many others said wearing masks is not the thing to do at the beginning of this pandemic. And it has been the actual protocol of all health experts all along that you do not mask an entire society, especially not with paper and cloth masks. Um, This is just a really weird thing until all of a sudden China owned the all the all the ppe and then we decided now we need to mask up if that doesn't make you suspicious i don't know what would make you suspicious china's making money and now we're mandating vaccines and now joe biden who's made a lot a lot of money from china his family has um now all of a sudden joe biden's saying masks 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 again even though there is zero evidence that masks are good for you and they may be harmful but why force people why force people dr borelli you're a microbiologist. Why force people, if you believe masks work, why force others to wear them? Just wear your mask. If that's what you want to do, you've read all the science out there, wear yours. Why would you force your constituency to do it? Well, Dr. Jean, again, I think it's all about control. It's something that they can issue, they can mandate, and then they could really enforce these laws. It gives them a good feeling, this illusion that they can actually control things. Democrats also think if you buy an electric car, you can stop uh, climate change. It's all about control with them. But back to the CDC director, if she's really concerned about doom and gloom, and if she wanted to go off script, where was she going off script over the COVID cases coming over the border? That's what frightens me, because Brazil right now is having a a breakout of COVID, and they have a new variant called the P1 variant that seems to be hitting younger people a little bit harder, and it may, we're not sure yet, the vaccines may not be as effective against that. So that would be an absolute disaster to allow this kind of variant up through Mexico. If she was an honest doctor and if she put the politics aside, she would go off script and say, we need to close the border now. We need to do it tomorrow. Well, and maybe that's the impending doom she's talking about are the open borders, thanks to the Joe Biden administration. Tom, so you mentioned vaccines, this idea of a vaccine passport. Um, Is it anyone's business whether you have decided to have a vaccine medical privacy do we still have a right well we should have a right and i think a sure way to make people make the decision not to get the vaccine is tell them that they they must they must comply with yet another mandate if it's so good for you why do you have to mandate it would be the first question I had my first right. vaccination of the Moderna vaccine. So did my wife, Deneen Borelli. We're fine. We're going to get the second one in a couple of weeks. Trust me, I'm pro-science. I'm a microbiologist and molecular biologist. I kind of like vaccines. But I don't like the government mandating that we must comply with their orders. And then they're going to track us all over the country and all over the world. I just think that's not right. It's not American. It's not freedom. Well, some governors, like my governor here in Florida, are pushing back. Here's what Governor DeSantis said about vaccine passports. You want the fox to guard the hen house? I mean, give me a break. I think this is something that has huge privacy implications. It is not necessary to do. You know, we're going to have hit three and a half million seniors 
that have gotten shots uh, uh, sometime this week, likely 75% of seniors. It's important to be able to do it, but at the same time, uh, we are not going to have you provide proof of this just to be able to live your life normally. And I'm gonna be taking some action in, in an executive function, emergency function here very shortly. So, Tom, does this mean we get you and the beautiful Deneen Borelli moving to Florida anytime soon? <laughs> it might very well. That and the tax and freedom, it's a pretty uh, tempting proposition here, Dr. Gina. Yeah. What's wrong with freedom and low taxes? We might be there tomorrow. <laughs> All right, Tom. Well, if you move here, we'll want you on the show all the time. So, anyway, Tom, thank you so much <laughs> for you. being with us. Love to your beautiful wife and uh, best of health to you. Thank you. All right, just when you thought Lil Nas X uh, satanic blood Nike shoes story couldn't get any more bizarre or terrifying, well, it gets worse. You won't believe this. It's next. More Dr. Gina Primetime after this. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Welcome back to Dr. Gina Primetime. Now, we told you the very odd and rather disturbing story of rapper Lil Nas X and his new Satan-worshipping music video that he released, and we told you all about the 666 pairs of Nike shoes that he had customized with pentagrams and actual human blood. But last night on the ABC News Evening Broadcast, they actually promoted the video and the Satan shoes. Listen. Tonight, fanning the flames, Lil Nas X taking the Old Town Road to hell. Going viral again. And igniting controversy. How the Call Me By Your Name singer is confronting homophobia and selling out a special edition of Satan shoes. Tonight, Lil Nas X once again sparking outrage, he says, by staying true to himself. Gay, proud, and out with a new song and a pair of sneakers. Here with me now to discuss our West Coast correspondent, where I bet she might just run into a few pair of these shoes, Amanda Head. Uh, Amanda, welcome back to the show. Um, Amanda, I reported on this story last night here on Primetime, but I didn't realize that over at ABC, they were actually praising Satan worship. This is a new low. I didn't know they could go any lower even for the alphabet soup media, don't you think? Yeah, and, and Nike, let's not get it twisted. Nike is a very, very liberal company. I actually haven't purchased their stuff in a long time because of their shenanigans in the past, also because I bought a pair of running leggings and a month later they were pilled. Uh, maybe that's because my thighs need some help. But anyway, um, Nike is a very, very liberal company, and even Nike is distancing themselves from these shoes. Now, to, to make sure that we're being precise here, Lil Nas X purchased these pairs of shoes and then had them embellished by a company located in Brooklyn. Nike even put out a statement yesterday very clearly distancing themselves from these shoes. They basically said, nope, this is not us, we're, we're out of this. And now they are suing the company who altered these shoes to make them what they are now. But 
doesn't it seem to you that if you want to bring people over to your side, if, if this is Lil Nas X confronting homophobia or whatever that is, um, I just don't think that the best method is to like rub people's faces in it. And I also would question where the homophobia is coming from because um, I think that it's it's a majority black community who listens to his music. Um, I didn't know that he was gay. I don't really care. Um, so I don't think there's homophobia that's really coming from you know a, a white audience because I don't think that they really consume his music as much. I'm sure there is there are some, but it's not the large portion of his community. So it's people within his own community who are being homophobic and again I just don't think you know I've got a lot of gay friends out here in Los Angeles and I don't think a single one of them would agree that the best way to bring someone over to your side and to soften them to your way of life is to rub their faces in it yeah you know it's interesting is last night on the show I said I didn't know who this guy was I'm not really good at connecting the music I like with the with the artist which is a terrible thing but I actually really did love his music. And, uh, and, and so it's interesting to me. Now, of course, I will never, ever support his music again now. Absolutely forget it. I think this is disgusting. And, and it, uh, I, yeah, I'm just, it's, it's mind-boggling to me. And when you do think about um, the black community, especially largely um, religious community, um, I just, it's mind-boggling to me that they would even go for this. But anyway, Amanda, I did appreciate the, this information, and I did not know that about Nike. Uh, that's commendable if that's true. And so um, I'm very fascinated to hear about all of that. Um, and, and is there anything back also for, that you're seeing in terms of a backlash on social media? Because I know you follow social media closely. Yeah, you know, I, I know that one high-profile person who has purchased these shoes is none other than good old Nashville gal Miley Cyrus. I tell you what, between Miley Cyrus and Taylor Swift, Nashville really needs to get a handle on the people that they mm. send to Hollywood. Um, I have not seen any around town. Granted, I'm kind of a hermit, so I don't really get out in the community all that much anyway. But I'm sure that plenty of celebrities, and I think you're right, Gina, I think that uh, the majority of folks who purchase these are going to be part of the Hollywood community the liberal elite community because they come with a price tag of $1,018. So I don't think I'll be splurging on them regardless of what the message is. But something I wanted to also pass along, something that's really interesting. So the company that collaborated with Lil Nas X to create these shoes, it's an acronym MSCHF. It's supposed to say it mischief. Anyway, one of the first shoes that they ever put out, and they, they state this, that their goal of I guess embellishing these shoes is to reach virability. Um, the, one of the first pairs of shoes that they put out was a Jesus-themed shoe that had water from the River Jordan sloshing around in the insole. So it seems like they've gone a long way from that orig original version now that they have uh, ink and one cc of blood in each wow. of these insoles. Wow. Yeah. Interesting about Miley, too, because if it weren't for her, I think passing that song along to her dad, if I'm not mistaken, Old Town Road, I don't think that uh, Lil Nas X would have ever been put on the map. But anyway, if I remember that story correctly. Anyway, uh, now it is time for our meme of the day, Amanda. It says, here's the reason why past generations aren't easily offended. And we see some of our greatest politically incorrect Hollywood stars of the past, Archie Bunker, George Carlin, George Jefferson, and a scene from Blazing Saddles. Amanda, being offensive used to be funny. Remember when we could laugh at ourselves? And now it's cancel-worthy. 
Yeah, you know, when comedians were equal opportunity offenders, that was a really, really good thing. But I have to say for my generation, you know, we grew up on South Park. How is anybody in my generation offended? And I grew up on Friends. I was watching Friends the other night, and I'm sitting there thinking to myself, that definitely could not get made today. So I, I, I would like to exclude the millennial generation from the perpetually offended category. I think it's got to be those <laughs> folks younger than us. They're idiots. Yeah. Well, Gen X is out, too, so neither of us are responsible for all this cancel craziness. Anyway, <laughs> thank you so much uh, for being with us today, Amanda Head. Thank you, Dr. Gina. And thanks to you for joining me tonight, and thanks to everyone here at your new home for Real News. Don't forget, tune in this Thursday. Very special interview with the one and only President 45. That is Donald J. Trump himself. You will hear it right here on this show, Dr. Gina Primetime, 7 p.m. Tell your friends. Share it on social media. We'll be posting about it as well. You won't want to miss it, and I promise you this. I'll be asking him questions nobody else has ever asked, and, uh, and I would be very interested also to hear the things that you would like me to ask him so feel free to submit your questions to me on social media at real dr gina at real dr gina that's the my handle on most every social media out there and i'd love to hear the questions that you would like for me to ask our former president very beloved donald j trump anyway thank you again for joining us tonight here at rav tv real america's voice don't forget to tune in live from studio 6b up next with damon and the crew Hug your children, love your God, go boldly now, and live the truth.